Mindset to Mike. Can you imagine what your life can be like? We're talking growth and development, tools, tips, tricks, habits and routines proven by the highest performers in the world of the mind and body. Success starts with the mindset, and you can do it too. Let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Mindset to Mike back at you with another fantastic episode of Mindset to Mike the podcast. Jimmy over here on this side. Yo, what's up everybody? It's Drew over here and welcome back to another solid Monday episode of the Mindset to Mike podcast. And if you had the time or made the time to listen to last Friday's episode, then you probably already subscribed to our mailing list at www.themissionmindset.com. Yeah, you, so you probably, you definitely already signed up to the mailing list and you definitely already received the first newsletter that definitely told you what we're about to talk about anyway. So I think you guys are doing a hell of a job as listeners. You're really upholding your end of the bargain here. And uh, if you haven't, uh, the good news is it's a website that exists, so you can go sign up now because that's how websites work. They exist and they're usable. So go sign up for our mailing list. Like Drew said, themissionmindset.com. Man, it's Monday, Monday, Monday. And I got to tell you, hopefully by the time you're listening to this, Hopefully you woke up and did something active because, bro, bro, we talk about this all the time, but doing something active right when you first wake up, if you're somebody who craves energy like I do, you know, I'm that, I'm that energy drink bandit, dude. I stay with an energy beverage because I always feel like I need more energy. But what's cool is if right when you wake up, you do something like run a mile, which I've been doing for this month's challenge. It's like natural energy, dude. It's like a, kicking the ass nor on a normal day if i don't do anything in the morning roll out of bed get my coffee get ready go to work i'm like dragging in the morning i'm like oh i need more coffee or i now i need an energy drink but i'm telling you after i hit that mile i'm getting ready for work i'm brushing my teeth dancing i'm doing pop locking it's that natural boost of energy dude so hopefully by the time you guys are listening to this, it's Monday morning and you have already done something active and you're fired up, dude. Yeah, man, that's a, there's a lot of uh, science behind that. You know, all the What's neurological that? benefits, all the hormone balancing that happens when you get up and get after it, you know? Get that circadian rhythm in check and then it'll serve you later in the day. Get that blood flowing, boy. Get that uh, blood flowing through your veins. Yeah, man. When I'm home, I hit the sauna for half an hour every morning at the gym. Like it don't put you back to sleep? No, dude. It's great. Get the heart rate up. Get the blood flowing. Get the heat shock proteins. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Dude, I'm on... uh, Just like I took a break from everything else active after my birthday, um, now that I'm back on the run and I'm back on the cold showers too, so I'm a couple weeks in every morning. And dude, I'm telling you... You know, I got to, I, I started like taking for granted how awesome it is to do those cold showers. And I've said it a million times, but the biggest piece just being holding myself accountable and doing something that's difficult to do and telling my brain to shut the hell up. I'm doing it anyway. Man, it feels good. I'm telling you. A mile right when I wake up, followed by the warm, then cold shower. And I'm like ready to crush 
the day. If you haven't tried that, I'm telling you, get on try it. it. Get on it. So we're back, right? And um, I want to kick this thing off with, well, other than the website that I hope you're going to um, and signing up for. Matter of fact, you should try to sign up for it a, m- a bunch of times. You know, yeah, you I don't like really. Seven email addresses, fucking go for it. All of them. You should make a hotmail and sign up with your hotmail just for that this purpose. Um, because hotmail, I remember when I when I met Lucy, she had a hotmail email, and I remember being like, "Whoa, that's a little ratchet, girl." I'm gonna need you to get this Yahoo or this Gmail. So the hotmail, you know, I don't really know what's going on with you. You got a hotmail, but. I think people with hotmail emails steal salt and pepper shakers from the restaurants. Yeah, like the Corona ones from like Buffalo Wild Wings. That's exactly right. Or Joe's Crab Shack. (laughs) So now that we've, now that I've begged you again to sign up for the website, let's get into it. And I want to start this thing off by, by asking a question, Andy. Ask me. The fuck are you reading, dude? What is that book? Let me tell you, before you even tell me what it is, I, here's why I ask. I, well, obviously, I'm always interested. It's a good time to update everybody on what we're reading. But every day, because the challenge for this month has been uh, a, ch- a mile and a chapter, you post these videos of yourself reading a chapter or listening to a chapter. And I keep, like, the title of the book, it's a little, it's interesting. I'm like, man, that's a, it's a unique read. I wouldn't pay you for reading that. And then I can hear the audio. And it's, it does not sound like something I would want to listen to, but I'm only getting it in three second clips. Yeah. So some, and actually sometimes you're listening to it fast and sometimes you're listening to it slow. Is that accurate? Like, do you speed it up? I, I typically listen to um, uh, like one and a half times the speed, you know, just cause I can run through, but this one's so complex and hard to understand. I, I just went down to just the regular normal speed, but. Well, so what is it? What the hell are you reading? The book is called The Physics of God. And uh, it was recommended when I was at the Fit for Service Mastermind in Austin by Dr. Dan Engel. He's like, a, he's one of the doctors that supports and is a coach for the program that I'm in. Um, so, you know, I, I wrote that in my notes and then we started doing this. Uh, challenge for this month I'm like, and I already have books every month that I read that are part of the program uh, so I'm also reading the, a book called The War of Art but so I decided to to start that one too kind of bounce back and forth because he talked about it a little bit during one of his presentations and I found it very interesting the way he described it and yeah man it's it's pretty it's a pretty interesting book it makes you really think it goes into like neuroscience and physics and um, quantum biology, which is kind of a new field, I guess, merging like science with like religion and the unknown or the, you know, this, the source that, that most people know as God or some type of higher power. Well, so is it, is it like, it's not a religious book? It, it, no, not at all. I mean, it, it, it can be, I guess, but it's basically, talking about what science has proven and then all these other factors that happen to people like these phenomenon that cannot be explained by science. So there obviously isn't, is another layer, right. Then, than what we see or, or 
and what is actually physically true. Um, but it, it's, it's just, and a lot of the stuff has been proven. Like there's a, there's a section in the book that studies um, people that had had near death experiences and the level of consistency in their stories, right? It, it, it's totally com combats what modern, you know, or, or the standard scientific explanation for things are right. So there's this, there's this thought that, um, so one of the quotes that really stuck out to me, um, is what he says is nothing really exists without an intelligent observer. So that kind of falls into like, if a tree falls in the woods, when no one's around, does it make a sound? And the answer is no, it doesn't because no one, there's no intelligent observer there to hear it. So it doesn't. You know, and oh, it's, that's it's, interesting. It's kind of it's deep like that, man. So I've actually had to like go back and re-listen to some portions of it. But and he he talks about um like the near death experience things, and as far as the consistency and the studies that they've conducted at you know highly respected universities and stuff and institutions that um have the similar like experience as far as the, the light everyone knows it as the light right or you know something that happens once your your physical body is no more you enter this realm and it's called they call he refers to it as the energy universe so energy the energy universe is like the blueprint for everything that comes over into the world that we see today the the, the existing universe as we know it as far as matter and how things are made up and the physical properties that are but the energy universe this is like a 2d universe and we see things in 3d and the only reason why we do that is because we assign it that as an intelligent observer so you can, you can kind of see uh, i think this is You're already blowing my freaking mind dude <laughs> crazy dude um i'm trying to think of what else that was really stuck out in that but uh, he goes into um even like let's see like the placebo and like so how dna and everything in our genetic code is is comes from this 2d universe but we have the ability to alter our dna based on energy and thoughts and feelings and oh the, the part i listened to today was was about people with multi um personality disorder and so th there was studies that, that that people people study these people anyway because it's like a a perceived you know pretty crazy illness right that this person could be ten different people inside of their own mind. But what was interesting to me is the the physical characteristics that change as these personalities change. So one of them could be so this per same person could they can speak different languages right. And like, and they name the, they name themselves different within themselves. Right. So, so I'm drew right now and I'm this guy and I, I, I perceive myself as this and I believe it. this is true. So this is what it is, but I can also be Steve. Steve speaks Spanish, but drew doesn't know Spanish, but Steve can literally speak fucking Spanish. Then there's Rick, Rick, he's a drug addict. But what the most fascinating thing to me about Rick being a drug addict is he had instantly had track as soon as he went from that mind to the other mind his physical body changed so he had track marks in his arms 
And they, they appear. They appear at any time. Whoa. Same thing with eye color. Like your your eye color will change with different personalities because it's it's beyond conscious thought. It's it's deeply embedded into the two D world, which is where the the blueprint for all genetic code comes from. And he, he says that everything in the th- the the three D world is is pretty much like a hologram. This is like everything that you see is a, is a hologram of the two D universe, the, t- the energy universe. But yeah, dude, like that's why I keep having to like go back and, and re listen to part of this. But you can imagine that it's it, the the title is kind of uh, misleading if you don't really think about it or read like you know portions of the book that kind of explain what it's about, but. It's really deep in uh, just the impact of, of like your subconscious thoughts and like um, we, the, so there is life after death. He says, it's like, just cause your physical body is no more. There's all these parallel universes going on in which the energy field is still you. So you are here in this universe, but you're also in the 2d realm, which is the higher power of energy and how everything is connected. And he says, not one thing of matter can exist without being connected with another. So, I mean, you think air, light, all the molecules, we're all connected in some way, shape, or form. What makes things different is, is the intelligent observer assigning, um, you know, the physical properties as they perceive them. And, how, you know, and we're only so... We're only we're only we're left with our basic senses, right? So we don't have, you know, there's other. We can only see the spectrum of light that our physical bodies allow us to, but it's way it's way more broad than that. Like there's, things become what you perceive them to be. Exactly. Huh? How about that? That's a quote, Jimmy Savickovich. Yeah, but it's interesting, you know, as far as light goes, and even sound. Like we can't hear half the sound. We only have this decibel limit that we our physical bodies will only let us hear and the same thing with sight and, and so on and so forth taste and whatever man you know we're, we're oh that's fucking weird to think about like we only see what we only see what we can what our body will let us we're see capable of and we only hear what universe. we're physically capable of hearing not what you look at and what you choose to hear but what you can physically hear so there's there could be chaos of sounds going on right now but it's frequencies oh, it which there is yeah. and frequencies that we can't hear it oh that's freaking deep yeah just think of how low of a tone the earth rotating is or something like that like something that massive just or samuel l jackson right <laughs> sometimes you can't even hear him sometimes he's just like why is it muted like, no he's just speaking the truth man turn the volume up sammy that's interesting dude so yeah it's uh it just kind of makes you really think man it kind of goes uh it piggybacks off that book that i read earlier this year was um the placebo effect and how that plays a role into you know we have the you you can physically alter your genes with thought um as far as like your physical attributes, which is fucking unreal. Uh, and, and same thing with sickness and illness, you know, as far as people getting, they did, they've done stuff. This was in the, this book too, just now was um, that I read today. There was a study of about 40 people that had asthma and then they gave them a uh, inhaler that had water vapor in it, but told them that it was 
like a, an irritant. And all of them that reacted like to either an asthma attack or they had swelling in their throat. And then they gave them this other inhaler that had just water vapor in it and said it's, it's the cure. And then they cured them all. And they felt better. It was all psychological, man. It's, it's fucking weird. But um, I bought, dude, the more books that I read about this and the research that I do, I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in a lot of the stuff that people have a hard time accepting because it's not their reality. Like they can't see it, touch it, feel it. Right. Um, but there's a lot more to who we are and what we are than you can see for sure. Touch it, feel it, bring it. Call it God, call it the higher power, call it the divine, call it source, whatever you want. Um, and he talked, he does, he goes into religion obviously about too. And, and whether you're Buddha, whether you're Jewish, whether you're Christian, you're Catholic, whatever, um, the commonality at its deepest level all looks at this 2D energy universe of the like where the source is for everything that is. It's fucking fascinating, dude. Who who's this book by? Oh, what's his name? Let me pull it up here. It's called the physics of God. Yeah. Hold on a second. Is it a thick, a big old read? No, it's not actually. Um, it's Joseph Sable, uh, okay. physics of God. And it, it, if you've listened to it, it's only about a five and a half hour. That ain't bad. Yeah. So I, I got a, you know, I've been kind of re-listening to some portions because. It's just so deep and really sometimes you have to pause and like try and understand exactly what, you know, and relate it to yourself and yeah, I understand exactly what he is talking about. But Interesting, dude. Yeah, That's man. pretty cool. What are you reading, bro? What do you got going on? This See morning? what I'm reading, man. I am reading The Passion Paradox, a guide to going all in, finding success and discovering the benefits of an unbalanced life by Brad Stolberg and Steve Magnus. This was a recommended by my friend, Matt. And um, I'm like, I've been for a while now, like just I've been focused and thinking about passion and my passion and my passion about this kind of stuff. And how do you capitalize on that? What's the best way to, you know, everything passion I'm, I'm fascinated by. So he finished reading this and he let me borrow it at kind of the perfect time. And these guys also wrote peak performance, which I'm, it's on my list to read as well. Um, pretty popular book, but so it's all about passion. It's about finding your passion, developing your passion, um, not letting your passion burn you out. And, uh, some things when it comes to your passion that you wouldn't normally think of, right? All this self-help stuff talks about finding your passion, but a lot of this book is about maintaining it right? Um, keeping it from turning into a burning out or from taking over your life and ruining other parts of your life. So it's super interesting, but um, I want to get into this chapter uh, that I read the other day. That's one of the best chapters I've ever read in a book um, to date. And it, it's about, it's called the best kind of passion. Um, but, but it's all about mastery and the mastery mindset. So um, you know, what, I guess, I guess I would start by saying what is mastery and, um, you know, as compared to like getting good at a skill, um, or like trying to, let's say they talk a lot about runners and swimmers and things like that in here. So let's say a swimmer, for example, um, 
or let, let, let's say I'm a golfer, right? This, this would be an easy one. Um, and my goal is to win the masters. So as I'm practicing golf, as I'm training, as I'm working on it throughout my life and coordinating all my development, it's all towards winning the masters, right? Um, or the U S open, whatever you want to, whichever one you want to pick. Well, that's not mastery, right? Trying to win this one award or aiming towards this one thing isn't mastery. Mastery is a lifetime dedicated to just getting better at all times at something. So to master, mastery of golf would be just continually getting better always, not just getting as good as I need to get to win this one thing. I hope that win makes the sense. masters. That's right. So, yeah. Master the masters. Um, so in this chapter, it's all about Matt, the mastery mindset and it's got, um, he's got, um, well, I guess I, I'll read you the first couple sentences. Mastery is a mindset and also a path. It leads to continual improvement and development. It, it's, it values acute and chronic engagement, but devalues most of the transient stuff in between, like point in time successes or failures. Um, so he's got six things in here that are his six individual components of the mastery mindset uh, and, and then how to bring each of them to life. So I just want to hit the six real quick um, because I think they're all so important and, and, and he spells it out in a way that's really cool and it's really easy to read. But number one is drive from within. So within mastery and mastering something, especially your passion, the drivers to, to push you towards your passion and mastering it shouldn't be things outside of you. So it shouldn't be rewards or accolades. It shouldn't be winning the U S open and getting that trophy. It shouldn't be making the Olympics. It should be, it should be facilitating your passion on your inside. So if my passion is golf and I, I'm really care about care about golf. I'm passionate about getting better. If I'm mastering that, it's not about that trophy. It's just about getting better. It's not about, you know, once I receive that trophy, it's not over. It's not like, oh, okay, yes, that's what I wanted. No, no, no. It's just about being the best you can be. Not better than everybody else, the best you can be. So drive from within. And I think what's cool about that is it applies to almost everything, right? I mean, you can use other things as motivators, but but I think deep down you have to be your biggest motivator. Um, otherwise, you're relying on other people, and, and that's never good, especially if you're trying to go towards your goals, right? Yeah. Um, so I like this, um, this chapter or, or the number one, um, the number one component there drive from within. I like that a lot. Um, and then number two, oh, well, real quick, a couple quotes from this first one to sum it up for you. Don't judge yourself against others. Judge yourself against prior versions of yourself and the effort you're exerting in the present moment. This is about as healthy a form of competition as it, as there is. So if you're just trying to get better and be yourself every day, there's no fucking stopping you, bro. So that's number one. Number two is focus on the process. So what the hell does that mean? Jimmy, what does that mean? Focus on the process. Focus on the process. There are going to be bumps in the road. There are going to be results that you don't necessarily like. You're not going to hit all of the small goals, the small landmarks along your journey that you want, but you're focusing on the process. You're focusing on how much better you're getting every day and, and how you're moving the needle. Not just because if you focus on the little things and the little goals, right? If my, my goal is just to be the greatest golfer I can be, and then I lose a tournament, I might go, fuck, well, this isn't for me. And it's going to shake that whole thing. 
or I might, it might take a huge step back. But if I lose, if I lose that tournament and I look at it as that's part of this process and what can I learn from that and take forward with me, then you move ahead 10 steps instead of going back 10. So if you focus on the process um, and how well you execute it, then you're much better off. And a, a good quote he's got here is someone who embodies the mastery mindset judges herself based not on whether she accomplishes her specific goal, but rather on how well she executes the process. Focusing on the process creates daily opportunities for little victories. These little victories serve as waypoints on the path of mastery, helping to sustain your motivation over a long haul. Process spurs progress and progress on a deep neurochemical level primes us to persist. So that's number two, focus on the process, not the results. Number three is don't worry about being the best, worry about being the best at getting better, which I love that because, right. and it, it, that kind of ties into the last one, but so much can happen, man. And if, you, if you're worried about being the number one, the number one person, then that's really cut and dry, right? That's really black and white. It's either you are number one or you're not. But if all you focus on is getting better and you never stop focusing on moving the needle in the right direction, eventually you'll be the best. Yeah. And, and then the problem there is once you get to be the best, if you look at it in the that being your goal and really black and white frame of mind, once you get there, you can take the, the your foot off the gas, right? You're not going to stay there, yeah. Exactly. You're not going to stay there. But if you just only focus on getting better, you keep getting better and better. And a great example of that is Kobe Bryant. I mean, you're talking about a guy who throughout the end of his career, and everybody knows the Kobe Bryant stories of being in the gym before anybody else, being the last one to leave the gym, even up until his last season, adding one skill um, to his game that he didn't have before every summer. That was his thing. Every offseason, I will add one thing to my game that I don't have. And that's throughout his whole career. So he wasn't focused on being the best ever. He was focused on getting better constantly. And a result of that is you look at him and you say he's one of the best ever. So the ultimate goal is to get better. Um, number four, embrace acute failure for chronic gains. So super champions are characterized by an almost fanatical reaction to challenge. Um, which I love this. Um, a quote from here is, adopt the mindset of a super champion. Don't become overly discouraged or saddened by failure. Rather, view failure productively as something that serves as critical information, as a microscope into areas in which you can improve. I think that's so dope because failure is going to happen whether you like it or not, no matter how good you are at whatever you want to be good at. So we've talked about this before. Turn those L's into W's, right? Look at your L and go, man, I had no idea I even sucked this bad in that aspect of, of this. Thank you so much for showing me that. And this L isn't the end, right? It's the beginning of me getting better. You're not going to beat me that way next time, right? right. Um, so uh, I, I love number four in that reason, for that reason. Um, number five is patience, um, which is really good because patience is not just a virtue. It's a skill that must be developed over time and it's critical to mastery and harmonious passion. The ability to stay the course and ride out valleys and plateaus separates the good from great and harmonious from obsessive passion. Um, I mean, I, again, I think this one is really good because um, mastery is the long haul. And that's what this chapter is all about. Not just your short goals that are going to get you to the vision, but it's the big picture. Um, and you, it takes patience, right, to deal with all those L's and to 
get slow, steady progression, getting better every day, and not just getting those trophies every single uh, chance you get. So patience is tough. Patience yeah. is real, especially nowadays. Yeah, I see that whole process on like a, a circle, like a continuous loop, right? So you start with one and then you roll through and then you keep, and then you put it right back through the system. That's, that, is that this patience the last one? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Cause then you have, you gotta have the patience to run through that process again. Yeah. And know cause you're focusing on, you know, the, the process and which, which will typically yield the outcome. Right. And then whatever you want it, when you come to your failures, you go to your patients and then you go right back through that process of identifying what you did wrong. What can you change in that process? And then put it right back through the cycle, man. It's just all, it's, it's continuous. It's never ending. If you want to achieve anything and at some level of mastery, it's, it's nonstop. You don't just reach a plateau and say, throw in the towel unless you're no longer interested in whatever that is. But yep. And uh, that's exactly right. And number six, the very last one is um, be here now. So, um, you know, again, just like you said, it's on that, it's on that, that continuum. And I, I love this one because um, a really, really good quote from the book is what is important doesn't necessarily get our attention, but what gets our attention becomes important. Mm -hmm. And that is so true, man. What you focus on, what you direct your mind at is what becomes important to you. Just like we talk about the negativity, if you feed into it, if you watch it, if you're looking for it, if you um, tune into that kind of thing, then the next thing you know, you your life is negativity. You're a negative person. It becomes the most important thing to you. So being in the moment and understanding what's really important and paying attention to that um, is number six. So I love that. They talk about carving out time, space, and energy for periods of single-minded uh, focus. And And one of the things, so beyond those six things that make up that chapter, one of the things they talked about was balance. And I thought this was really interesting because everybody, anywhere you look, people talk about the need to have balance in your life, whether it's um, Kevion Sturdivant and the seven equities of life and how do you balance those, make sure you're spending time in each category, you know, friends, money, passion, work, all this different stuff. Make sure everything's balanced. Everybody talks about balance. Well, in this book, they say they acknowledge that, but they talk about how that's not totally accurate when it comes to something you're passionate about and mastering it. Because if you look at any of the examples of the super performers in, in anything, their life was so not balanced because of their overwhelming passion in one thing that they became great at. So like Warren Buffett, right? Um, the greatest investor that has ever lived. If you watch, there's a documentary about him on HBO. Uh, if you do any reading about him, you'll, you'll see that while this guy is, is an unbelievable investor, I mean, his mind works like nobody else when it comes to investments and money, um, his personal life, family, horrible. I mean, his kids will tell you that they have to, you have to say things to him in very small chunks to keep his attention because he'll just start thinking about investing in money and graphs and he can't, he just can't do that other stuff. He's been married twice, can't do it because he can't put enough of himself into that. So balance when it comes to mastering something and really being a super performer at something you have to sacrifice something else balance isn't necessarily always possible cool to strive for it but not but it's not going to be possible if you want to be a super performer so him i mean if you look at steve jobs and any of those these people that were incredible at one thing it took up all of their life and other areas of their life suffered so they kind of talk about if you find what your real passion is 
and you are pursuing mastering that passion, it's okay for other pieces of your life to be out of balance, but how can you make that still work? And that's kind of where I'm at in the book now is, is if your personal life, your relationships or your work life or whatever it is kind of have to take a back seat, how can you make sure that they're still okay and you can still function that way while still putting all the focus you need to in that one thing? It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's exactly what that book, The One Thing, is about. Oh, really? Yeah, there's, I read that not too long ago. It's called The One Thing by Gary Keller. And he go, he has a whole section on, on balance, too. And it's it's like, it's not realistic, right? It, it's not, if you want to achieve something at a high level, it's, it's impossible, pretty much. Because you have to dedicate resources towards that one thing that you really want. And some things are just going to naturally be sacrificed. Not to say that you can't schedule accordingly and um you know dedicate some time to keep those things that are important to you you know in a functioning level but you have to you have to really narrow your focus down to one thing if you ever want to be truly successful and a high achiever at anything you know if you if you're spreading your resources every direction then you're really if you try to do everything then you end up doing nothing yeah, you've only got so much focus and energy, right? And if you try to put them into five things, you can move the needle on five things, but not as much as if you can move the needle on one thing with all of that focus and energy. Right. So I think that's really interesting, man. It's like what, obviously finding your passion is really like cliche and, and popular right now. And I'm, I'm, you know, once you, how do you find it? Once you find it, what do you do? And, um, and that's kind of what this book walks you through. I, I, I like it a lot so far, but the mastery thing is what stuck out to me so f most so far. It's like, am I, am I trying to master things or am I trying to get good enough to get a certain result? And I think it's an easy trap to fall in. You know, if, even if it's work, you're like, man, I want to I do this, this, and this to get this promotion. Well, what if you thought about it like, I want to do all these different things so I can be the most valuable asset I can possibly be. And I never stop doing that. Right. I keep taking on more and more. That's how you become a CEO. That's how you move all the way up the ladder. Not just your one little weak ass promotion you're trying to get, your 12 cents an hour you're trying to get. That's how you move all the way up is trying to master whatever it is you're, you're, you're looking to do, even if it's not your passion. If you've got a landscaping business and you want to master it, never stopping learning and adding to your tool belt, adding to your skill set, and uh, not just looking for, oh, I want to make 100 grand this year. Keep going. You're still trying. You're still, and then the, you blow the roof off. Or the yeah. lawn off. You blow the lawn off. <laughs> the last thing you want to do is limit yourself, right? Yeah, that's right. That's why the process is so important towards whatever it is, because then you keep improving that, and then naturally it'll yield what you practice in the process over and over and over. And over. So that's mastery, man. That's what I wanted to talk about this freaking episode. What do you got, man? You got something you want to chit-chat yeah, about? I can uh, kind of piggyback off of that, I guess. It kind of goes hand in hand. Um, and a part of the, the book that the book that I, other book that I'm reading right now is called The War of Art. And it's all about, this first part is all about resistance and identifying resistance. Um, People don't realize it, but that's probably one of the biggest contributors to the lack of any of accomplishing anything, really. You know, some simple shit like doing your laundry to, you know, developing a program for work or, you know, 
landing that client or whatever it is, whatever you got going on. Uh, resistance is there and it has many faces is what he goes to describe. And so when you get out of bed and or first when you hit the snooze button, that, that's fucking resistance right there. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> resistance in terms of like something that's keeping you from doing what you want to do, doing what you want to do, or you know that you should be doing. Right. Gotcha. Um, so it, it that's a form right there and just mental resistance like uh i'll start tomorrow kind of shit oh yeah um and it even goes into how impactful which i think a lot of people really resonate with this um impactful like the people around you are and um he goes into some deep stuff as far as like uh family and friends how their their influence of resistance has on one uh on you as a person as far as even you know you have this thing coming up that you are supposed to do that you want to do and then all of a sudden you know somebody's sick in the family or and then you know of course you dedicate your energy towards that um or that person will go out of their way to maybe not knowingly um do something that kind of doesn't support what you're trying to do, right? Um, maybe it could be some type of little sabotage thing, which we talked about previously on here, of like someone's on a diet and that other person brings in junk food in the house, you know? Um, just so identifying these faces of resistance and, and what people do to, to entertain themselves, whether it be like just scrolling through Instagram or doing stuff like that, that's resistance from from doing what you really probably should be doing if you want to achieve anything at all, right? Um, so the more you drag, more time you drag away and resources you drag away from something that's important to you, whatever that is, that's resistance. It could be, you know, anything. He goes into how he describes, you know, set, having sex and stuff like that. Oh, whoa, what about it, dude? So sex is a form of resistance. People will have sex to entertain themselves. Like sex for, for love and connection is one thing, but, but sex just for sex is, 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 is totally a resistance, right? It's, it's filling the gap. It's filling, it's kind of feeding the ego. It's, it's not, there's no really value there other than that moment. And then how you identify this is when, you, when it's all said and done and you're, and you're cleaning up, you know, Oh. you feel a little shallow about it if you do then that was resistance dude you i mean you did you just you just did it to do it right you didn't do it for any other other reason other than to to do it like, you know that's I mean? why maxim doesn't have no resistance in his life <laughs> oh, damn, that's yeah. fucked up. <laughs> shots fired maxim but i i just find it uh you know then you know i start trying to attribute that to some of the things that I see on a daily basis uh, of what I do and like just simple things, you know, like, you know, the, probably the biggest one for most people is just grabbing their phone, you know, and, and scrolling or doing something that, I mean, what really is that doing for you other than entertaining yourself for a period of time? Everyone's always looking for an exit and to not do something that they want to do. And they give themselves these, excuses of why they had to do something else and 
oh, well, I had to go do this. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to be able to do that today. But really, do you have to do that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you need to identify that and um, put things in perspective as far as these faces of resistance are among us. And a lot of it is in our own minds. And, and some of it can be external, um, putting yourself in positions and surrounding yourself with people that don't really support what you really want. Uh, you know, that's going to intensify the resistance because you're being directly influenced by that. And not every, not everyone, well, typically nobody gives a fuck about your agenda. So they're going to do what they want to do. And if they can skew your mindset or change, you know, your priorities, you know, like, come on, man, just come out for a drink or whatever, you know, that, that's all resistance in some way, shape or form when it comes to accomplishing things. Not to say that you don't deserve to hang out with your friends and go have a good time, there's a time and place for all of it, right? Um, so that, yeah, I think that's pretty. The the portion that I am I'm in now is all about identifying the different faces of resistance. Interesting, I like that. What it is and how much of a drain it is on what you could be achieving had if you're able to identify and shut those uh, resistance down. You know, I I think it's really easy to think that the shit we're talking about you, that you should be doing like about investing in yourself, whether it's reading or learning or looking into something you like or practicing something, it's easy to go like, man, that shit's like lame. Like I don't want to be doing it. I'd rather be, I'd rather be entertaining myself and looking at Facebook, right? Like I, I work hard. I, I maybe I want to be watching Netflix. I don't want to be reading a book. Um, and I, I hear, I get that. But what if you could find some kind of entertainment like that, that serves both purposes? You know what I mean? Right. Like maybe you're just reading the wrong fucking books, dude. Maybe yeah. you're like, oh, I, w- I don't want to read. I, sh- I, I want to watch Netflix and scroll Facebook. What if you found a book that you could read or a type of book that you could read that is entertaining to you and also helps make yourself better? Mm-hmm. Right? You don't have to read the same shit we're reading or you don't have to read, um, you know, books about investment if that's not what you're into find something that you're into that is entertainment but is still growing your brain a little bit and uh you know that's not lame so it's possible i think people just and and i used to be this way you chalk it up to like exactly what i said man you chalk it up to like oh there's nothing out there for me it's corny it's boring well it's not all boring just find something that's not boring to you and do that it don't got to be the same thing as everybody else yeah, I think people, first you need to try and identify your interests, right? Something that gives you energy. That's you know, chase your smile. That kind of that's where it all starts. Because um, if not, you just you just find yourself killing tons of time looking at shit that don't fucking matter. You know, surrounding yourself with people that really aren't doing anything for you, seeking this external validation. Because um, everyone's so worried about what everyone else thinks of them, uh, which. You know, that's something that you have to (laughs) figure out. I think that should be everyone's, you know, that's, that should be a priority for everyone. What, what gives you energy? What, what, what do you enjoy doing? And, you know, then you can stem from there. Like if surround yourself with people that, you know, support that or start looking into and digging into content that aligns with that. I mean, it's all out there, right? Everything that ever exists is there somewhere. Whoa, that was deep. Everything that exists is there, dude. <laughs> like, is that simple, bro? If it exists, it's, it exists. If it's happened before, then it can happen again. 
Then I don't know. Over. Even if you don't fucking believe it, it's true. Because it's there. I like it. All right, man. I think that wraps it up for this freaky deaky episode of Mindset the Mic, the freaking podcast on your probably phones or computers or wherever you're listening to us. <laughs> so, uh, recap, just to recap real quick, um, we told you all about www.themissionmindset.com. That's our website. Go there now if you haven't already. Sign up for the newsletter. Sign up for the email list. It is going to give you a million cool things over the course of the rest of your life that help you grow your brain and design your lifestyle the way you want it to be. Then you can also sign up and create a profile if you want because there's some cool stuff coming in on there as well. Uh, we talked about what the hell Drew's reading. Um, this book about the physics of God sounds actually super freaking interesting. Check it out if uh, if you've never heard of it. And then uh, my book, The Passion, uh, the Passion Paradox, and uh, we went deep on mastery and what and what it means to master something rather than just strive for small goals and dedicating yourself to mastering the thing you're passionate about. Then Drew told you all about replacing resistance with things that give you energy, identifying the resistance in your life and how to replace it with things that give you freaking energy. And that's it, man. That's it. So go to the website, please check us out, show some love, hit us up on uh, the interwebs, Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff. On my end, I want to leave you with a quote. If you don't sacrifice for what you want, what you want becomes the sacrifice. Ooh. Until next time. Grow your brain a little bit. Oh, I got a quote for you. Woo! Hit him. Play for the name on the front of the jersey, and people will remember the name on the back. Damn. Sports. Stay productive and get shit done. Oh.